Okay, so we're in verse 20, 22. All right. Judas saith unto him, um, not Iscariot, Lord, how is it that thou will manifest thyself unto us and not unto the world? We did cover that part. Yes. Jesus answered and said unto him, if a man love me, he will keep my words and my father will love him and we will come in, uh, will come unto him and make our abode with him. Verse 24, he that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings and the word which he hear is not mine, but the father's which have sent me. So verse 25, right? These things have I spoken unto you being yet present with you. Okay. So Jesus keeps foreshadowing to the, to the disciples. Like I'm not going to be with you forever. I'm leaving you soon. So you need to sit here and soak up all the stuff that I'm telling you because after a little while, I'm not going to be here. And as my mom used to say to us, she said, you're going to be stuck like Chuck, right? And I don't want you to be stuck like Chuck. I want you to be prepared for what happens next, right? Uh, Verse 26. But the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. So Jesus introduced the comforter, right, or the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost um, to them. And he's been referencing him a lot. Uh, he says, because he's going to take my place until I'm gone. And he has uh, he has a lot of different functions. Right. Um, first off, we find out that he's the Holy Ghost. Right. Who the father hath sent. Right. So the spirit of God is going to dwell uh, with them. He says, um, he sends him in my name, so he comes as a representative of Christ. Uh, he shall teach you all things. So he's a teaching agent, right? The Holy Spirit is a teaching agent. And then you see that he will bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. So not only is he there to comfort, he's there to teach, and he's there to help you to remember all the things that Christ said. By the way, those are all the things that, that the Holy Spirit still does for us 2,000 years later. He's still doing the same things. He is still coming in, in Jesus' name. And he is still teaching us things, right? He is still bringing things to our remembrance that we've forgotten, right? Because a lot of times as Christians, it's not so much that we are learning new stuff, but sometimes it's just being reminded of things that we already knew. That we already knew. I remember um, when I first started my master's, my first couple of classes were like, okay, this is all brand new stuff. And then after that, um, there started to be a little bit of overlap. And I'm like, why on earth would y'all make me spend my money to teach me some stuff that you taught me in the last two classes? And then I was like, duh, repetition yeah. is how things get committed to memory. Yeah. And it wasn't like reteaching the exact same thing, but there'd be hints of it mentioned uh, before. And it's like, wow. So by the time I've gotten to like my fifth class, I'm like, I'm an expert on informed consent. I'm an expert on, you know, on understanding beneficence or counter-transference and all these different uh, psychology terms. I'm like, oh, I, I, get a, I have a great understanding of those now because it's been kind of pounded into me for the last like four or five classes, right? And so the same thing happens where the Holy Spirit's like, hey, let me bring these things back to remembrance. When you're worried, let me remind you to be careful for nothing. When you're scared, let me remind you that God has not given you a spirit of fear. When you feel alone, let me remind you that the Lord will never leave you nor forsake you. Whenever you feel like God is not in control, I'm going to remind you that he's sovereign, right? It's a a lot of those different things. So the spirit of God is still bringing things to remembrance. By the way, whenever you're struggling, that's why God and his word are, are hand in hand. Because whenever you're struggling with different things or you're going through different stuff, like it's the Holy Spirit 
who is bringing those things that you saw in your word back to your mind. How many of y'all know scriptures, but you don't know where the reference is? That's the Holy Spirit that does that. That's like, hey, you read that somewhere and I stored it in your database for you because I know there was going to be a time where you were going to struggle. And so I'm going to pull this verse right back out of your out of your, your memory banks. Yeah, you don't remember where you saw or where you read it or where you heard it. But what I'm going to do is use this to help you get through what's going on. That's the Holy Spirit bringing things back into remembrance for you. Still doing the same thing that he said he would do for the disciples. That is a beautiful thing, I thought. Verse 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. Gorgeous verse. Circle verse 27 or highlight, underline, whatever it is that you do. Memorize that verse. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you. What? Read the next part with me, church. Not as the world giveth. You know the world's going to try and give you peace of mind? It's going to try. It's going to try. Hey, let me tell you how the world's peace of mind is going to work. Because it's not always bad. Right? It's not always going to be bad. But the world's going to give you peace of mind when, uh, when the wall finally gets closed up. When you get a dollar or two raise on your paycheck. When extra money came in so you're ahead on your bills. When you found out that the problem you thought that was wrong with your car is actually not as bad as you thought and it's a lot less expensive and it's going to be able to, you're going to be able to get your car back on time how you want it to be. See, peace of mind comes through little things that bring us comfortability. Jesus says, I'm going to bring you a peace of mind that the world can't give you. Like my peace is a supernatural peace that completely, I'm not even talking about just helps you to deal with fear. He says, I'm going to give you a peace that completely extracts fear from your life. I don't want you to answer this out loud, but have you gotten to the point where you really don't worry about anything? Think about it. Have you gotten to the point in your life where you really don't worry about it? When's the last time you worried? Panicked? Freaked out? Let the circumstances, let the size of the giant scare you. When's the last time that you, you, you saw the wall and you just got exhausted? Is that happening to you regularly? Because if it is, it should not be. Not that we don't go through stuff. I'm not trying to tell you that you should live a fake life where you don't go through problems. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is that you get, you should, all of us as children of God have to get to a place where we let more times of walking in triumph supersede our times of walking in fear. The world walks in fear. We should walk in faith. I love, that's why I love, that's why David, I keep saying it, but David is my favorite character in the Bible because he was just so like, in the face of adversity, he was like, what, Goliath? What? Let me tell you something, big guy. When I was out there tending to the sheep, there was a bear and I slew that bear. And there was a time when I was out there dealing with the, the sheep and there was a lion and I killed that lion and I, and I killed that wolf. And just as God brought that bear into my hands and that lion into my hands, I'm going to hold your head high. God's going to deliver you unto me. How powerful. And I heard this today. We praise people for doing radical things in their faith when that's what God expects from all of us all the time. Broke my heart. 
We praise people. Well, praise God they went out there and they won 15 souls today. Woo! Praise the Lord. Woo, let's have a party. Is that something worth rejoicing over? Yes. Is it something that we should be surprised about or raise people on a pedestal for? No. Why not? Because we should be doing those same things all the time. We praise people for doing radical things with their faith when we should be, when God expects us to be doing those same things all the time. See, it changes your perspective, doesn't it? He says, but man, I leave you with a peace that the world cannot give you. So let your heart, I know I'm leaving you, y'all, but don't let my hearts, don't be afraid. Don't let your heart be troubled. I've got you. Verse 28. Ye have heard how I said unto you, I go away and come again unto you. If you loved me, you would rejoice. Because I said unto the Father, for my fa- uh, because I go unto the Father, for my Father is greater than I. He says, man, I'm leaving. And I, I imagine, I mean, scripture doesn't, I don't think tells us this. But I imagine that they kind of put their heads down when he said he was leaving them. And you could read the expression on their faces of how sad or how scared they, uh, they may have looked getting to this point. And he says, I told you already that I'm going to leave, but I'm going to come back. I'm going to come back and I'm going to come back and get you. And, and I'm going to do these things. And you should rejoice that I'm going. You should because I'm going to God who is greater than I am. I'm going to God on your behalf as your great advocate. Like, you should, be, you should be excited about that. Go, Jesus. Go and have a good time. You know, go and, 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 and fight for us. Right? Verse 29. And now I have told you before it come to pass that when it has come to pass, ye might believe. So that's what something Jesus is doing all the time now, right? He's like, I'm telling you these things in advance so that when they happen, you're like, oh, what? Jesus did say that that was going to happen, right? This is exactly how that was supposed to go. Uh, verse 30 Hereafter I will not talk much with you Look at this I was reading this today guys and I mean I was getting chills Hereafter I will not talk much with you For the prince of this world cometh And hath nothing in me Right Because what's getting ready to happen Someone tell me What's getting ready to happen right after this Right They're about to come and take him away Right He's like I don't have He's like yeah That's why he said He started off uh, This portion He says, man, I'm going to go back to verse 25. Uh, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. I'm telling you these things right now because there's coming a time really quickly where I'm not going to get a chance to talk to you that much. Right? Because he doesn't just, it's not just like he's with the disciples and then the next day he goes to the cross. No, it it takes his time. He goes before Pilate and he goes before, uh, 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 what's the guy's name? Caiaphas, thank you. He goes before Caiaphas. He goes before Pontius Pilate. He goes before, you know what I'm saying? He goes before the people. And then he's like, there's going to come a time where I'm about to get really busy with this stuff. And I'm not going to have, get a chance to talk to you. So you need to sit here. Stop. Hey, stop talking. Stop talking. Hey, pay attention. Soak up what I'm telling you because I'm here with you right now. But it's only for a short time because I won't be there forever. I won't be there forever. Verse 31. But that the world may know that I love the Father. And as the Father gave me commandment, even so do I. Arise, let us go hence. Like, I can't, I'm going to come back and that's going to be the last thing that we touch on in our takeaways. Uh, but that last phrase in there, arise, let us go hence. Like, he's like, all right, listen because I don't have a whole lot of time. They're getting ready to come get me. Right? 
take all these things and, and apply them to your life so that we, you can be instrumental and, and do what I need you to do. You guys ready? All right, let's go. Like, it's like I, to me, that was like a battle cry. It was like in the middle of a war and the general gets all of his men together and is like, all right, here's the, here's the attack plan, all right? Once we get over this bumper, we got to work. We got to work together. We got to stay diligent. We got to keep our eyes peeled because you may not come back. Like it's that dire of a situation. You have to be on guard. You have to be vigilant, all right? Are you ready? Hey, 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 hey. Don't zone out on me. Are you ready? You ready? Let's go. That's how I, that's how I got it. Like he's, he's commissioning his disciples, right? They're changing from disciples to apostles in a second, right? He's going to die and, and they have to carry on the mantra of Christ to establish his church and, and all these other things. He says, man, they're going to persecute you in my name. They're going to hate you for my name's sake. You're going to get mistreated and they're going to do you wrong and they're going to falsely accuse you and they're going to hate you because they hate me and all this stuff is going to go on. You got to wake up. If you go out there and you are not prepared, you will get eaten alive. They say that when you're driving your car and you're going to make a turn, especially as it's into traffic, you need to make that turn and commit to that turn. You can't get out into the middle of the road and decide, oh no, I shouldn't have done that. <laughs> That's how you get hit. Right? He says, because think about how many times you've been cut off. And you might have, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> but what would you have rather him do? done? Of course he had three options. He could have stayed where he was at, which is what we wanted. He could have pulled out in front of you like he did. Or he could have got out in the middle of the road, decided that it was probably not going to happen and just stopped. And what would you have, what would have happened? Collision. He's saying, listen to me, you got, you need to get this going because once we go from here, you got to commit. You got to commit. All right. So I believe I have five takeaways for you today. Number one, you ready? Make sure you listen to the instructions of God. Make sure you listen to the instructions of God. Verse 24, uh, 25. Uh, These things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. Are you listening to the instructions of God? Even as I was listening, listening to the audio today from the book, he says, here says that verse that I quote all the time. To those that know to do good and don't do it, it's sin. It's counted as sin. And what's crazy is, God has given us so many promises in his word. I have a little book in my office called the Bible Promise Book. And it's this little book. It's just like thick of all the promises of God. There are so many. How do you expect to walk in the promises of God? How can those promises give you comfort if you don't know what they are? You're dealing with anxiety. What does the Bible say about anxiety? You're dealing with depression. How do you, what does the Bible say about depression? You're dealing with unforgiveness or bitterness. What does the Bible say about unforgiveness and bitterness? You're struggling with your employer. What does the Bible say about being diligent or showing respect or giving unto Caesar what, what's, what belongs to Caesar? You, you got to know what, I, and this isn't to sound pious, but there are very few, um, there are very few instances that you can throw at me that I can't find scripture for. Because it's basic instructions before leaving earth. Like that's exactly what it is. Are you heeding the instructions of God? Both the precautionary ones 
and also the ones that are meant to, to keep you in the midst of your storm of your trial, right? For some of your trial, like you may say, oh, I feel like God doesn't hear me or that God is not listening. Well, if you read your Bible and heard his instructions, he would, you would see that he said to pray without ceasing. That men are always praying, not faint. That you should boldly become, come before the throne of God. That you may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. See, following his instructions, right? Following his instructions is how you help yourself to navigate through this life the way that you're supposed to. Or the way that it, that, that it will be the most beneficial to you. He says, man, you need, to, you need to, these things have I spoken unto you, being yet present with you. And I know that that's not where we're at right now. But I was thinking like, what happens in the day where we may not have our Bibles anymore? What happens if the government goes full satanic, even though they're pretty close already, and says, we're going to shut down churches, incarcerate pastors, and take all your Bibles away? What happens if you, already, if you lose the one thing that was supposed to give you clarity on how to operate as a child of God? And that's stripped away from you. So now you not only, not only have the word with you anymore, but you now no longer have your instruction manual about how to navigate through this life. Because all those years where you had it, you didn't read it. And it's not until you get underneath your car and can't find your canister so that you can screw off your oil that you go and look for what? What happens when that, when that happens, Brother Dominic? Right? The instruction manual. You want to find, you, the first thing you do when you can't do it is you find the instructions. And you ever notice that you don't pay much attention to the instruction manual until you need it? This car, my instruction manual was in it, but I remember my car, I was trying to, I try to fix stuff on my car as much as I can by myself without having to pay a mechanic or whatever for it. So I can do basic things. I can change my own oil. Um, I can change uh, my tire. Um, I can, you know, do simple stuff like that. I mean, pour coolant in there and stuff and stuff like that, right? Um, but I remember on, on my previous car, I was trying to figure out how to change the light bulb inside my headlight, right? And I, normally you just pop the hood and there's like these little things on the top of it. You just like pop those off and then maybe a screw or two here and then you just take, you can remove the casing, change the bulb, put it back on. But for this car, I couldn't see it. Like there was a whole nother paneling and stuff going on. I'm like, how am I supposed to get to this? So I didn't know how after trying to look around for it. So what did I do after that? I went to the instruction manual and guess what I found out? Much to my demise, it was not in there. See, it became a detriment to me after I needed it and could not find it. By the way, isn't that what God says in his word? To seek me early and you shall find me. Right. But what does he say? Seek me not early and what? What does it say? What? That's right. We want to wait until we need the instruction manual to need the instruction manual. I'm saying make sure that you pay attention to the instructions of God. Number two, make sure you pay attention to the instructions of the Holy Spirit. Do you guys understand that those two are not the same thing? Right? They work together, but they're not the same thing. Someone tell me, can you, someone tell me, what, what do you think the difference is between the instructions of God and the instructions of the Holy Spirit? What do you guys think? Why would I say that those two things are different? Anyone want to take a wild guess at it? Hmm? Anyone? The Holy Spirit. 
sure. I think with it, like, Scripture is very stationary. There is no give and take with Scripture. It's thus saith the Lord, period. Right? Do this because I said it in my word that you should do this. Or do not do this because I said that you should not do this. The Holy Spirit is a lot more, uh, not that the Bible is impersonal, but the Holy Spirit is a lot more personal. It's a lot more fine-tuning. The Holy Spirit is, you know, decision-based a lot of times. Like, do this act or don't do this act. You know, talk to this person or not talk to that person. Buy this house or don't buy this car or take this job or, you know what I'm saying, kind of stuff. And so the Holy Spirit is a lot more. So just as you should be sensitive to the Word of God, right, which is the living Word of God, you should be sensitive to the Holy Spirit because as you seek to please God through His Word, the Holy Spirit is also going to give you instruction for your day-to-day life. You have to make sure that you are heightening your sensitivity to the, to the Spirit. And let me give you just a quick way to do that, all right? First, just a little, like, subsection A. Get in your quiet place with God. Get in your quiet place with God. If you want to learn, you may say, Pastor, I don't know how to hear the voice of God. All right? I don't know how to hear the Holy Spirit. You need to get into your quiet place and practice talking to him. And look, sometimes when you pray, you don't have to say anything. If you sit there and just meditate on the Lord, maybe meditate on scripture, you'll find out that he'll bring you people to pray for. He'll bring you stuff to dwell on or to meditate on. He'll bring you certain things or that you need to work on in your own personal life. But you want to learn how to hear his, hear his voice. You got to get along with him in your quiet place. Number two, you have to say, God, whatever it is that you want, I'll do. I'll do. <clears throat> because God knows your heart better than you do. And because that he knows when you really mean thy will be done and when you don't mean thy will be done. Because what you'll find out is that he will speak to you a lot more when he knows that you are willing to actually do what he's going to say. To do what he wants you to do. Where it's not like, God, what's your will in this situation? Whereas he'll communicate with you sometimes and already communicate to that will, that will to you already. Because he knows that you want to see his will done. And why do, why do those two things matter? Because life is going to get noisy really quickly. Life is going to get loud really quickly. When that alarm goes off at 4 a.m. or 6 a.m. or whatever time you get up in the morning, whenever the kids finally start getting up and traffic starts getting busy on the interstate and, uh, and, 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 and whenever, you know, expectations start happening and you're supposed to report for work and this instance is going on in your life and this trauma and this, this terrible situation and more coronavirus on the news and all that other stuff, like life can get hectic really fast and really overwhelm you really fast. And what's crazy is that the voice of God within all of that racket is going to be this. Be still and know that I am God. When's the last time in the midst of all your chaos that you heard that voice? Mm -hmm. Sing. You ever watch a movie where someone's lost? I watched a movie called In the Tall Grass. Anyone ever heard of that movie? It's on Netflix. Movie about this tall grass. It's actually like on an Indian burial ground. It's haunted or whatever. So you go in the grass, you get lost, you die in there. All the crazy stuff, right? But while you're in there, while they're in there, 
the young the lady is looking for her husband. She's you know we'll call him Jack. She goes Jack 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 where are you? And he says what well, he says that he says follow the sound of my voice, right? Follow the sound of my voice. That's the, the same way that the Holy Spirit is communicating to you in the midst of all of your chaos. Follow my voice. I'm not gonna scream. I'm not gonna scream. I want you to I want you to know that it's me. Get used to get accustomed to my voice. So number one, follow the instructions of God. Number two. Follow the instructions of the Holy Spirit. Number three, the third takeaway is look for the peace that the world can't give you. Look for the peace that the world won't give you, that the world can't give you. What does that mean? You need to start having your confidence in God before the trials and tribulations of this world start to happen. Because trials and tribulation will happen. And as a matter of fact, that's how he starts off James chapter 1. You know, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. That word there is talking about diverse trials. So they're coming. My question is, who is your peace in? Who is your peace found in? Because once you find your peace in God, then your financial situation is not going to bug you too much. Your vehicle situation won't bug you too much. Your... your relational situations, whether it may be friends or your parents or your spouses or your children or whatever it may be, those things won't bug you so much anymore. Not that they don't matter, that they, they, they don't require thought and attention, but they don't, they don't drive you to the point where you're like frantic and trying to figure out what's going on. They don't do that anymore. Why? Because you know that God is sovereign and that he has it under control and that you are pursuing his will and you learn to say, God, thy will be done. And when you... Settle it in your mind that God in his peace is going to take care of this thing for me. There's nothing to worry about. There's nothing to worry about. Last week, y'all, was irritating. It was irritating. Like trying to get ready for Miss Ruby's dedication was irritating. I mean, stuff had to get done. People forgot to do things that I needed them to do. And, you know... Up here for long hours, it's supposed to be on spring break. I'm spending it doing a lot of really feeling like trivial stuff. And in the middle of that, I could feel my blood pressure start to rise. I could feel it starting to rise because it's that, and the Miss Irene situation is going on, and everything is going on at one time. And I can feel my blood pressure beginning to rise. And immediately, the, the Lord, you know, the Holy Spirit, you know, you know better, right? You know you know better, right? He says, hey, 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 what's God's track record? It's perfect. No, 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 no. What's God's track record? It's perfect. Say it louder. It's perfect, right? So what does that mean, Xavier? It means that it's all going to be okay. That it's all going to turn out the way that it's supposed to turn out. That he's going to take care of it. And guess what it did? All the stuff that I was trying not to worry about, did they work themselves out? Yes, they did. But you know what I had to realize and what many of us are going to have to continually, because remember, it's not learning new stuff, but it's being reminded of the old things, right? And what's that going to be? That's going to be making sure that your peace is already in place for when the trials happen. Why? Because although I might be relieving to have gotten all of the stuff done, it wasn't going to restore my peace. It was going to be a temporary, temporary relief. It's like taking Novocaine. When what you really needed was a, was, a, was a tooth extraction. 
it'll relieve it just for a little while. But after a while, something else is going to come up in this place and, re- and stir that anxiety up all over again. So what do you do? You have the peace of God, which passes all understanding first, so that when the trials come, it doesn't matter if the money comes in. It doesn't matter if it gets fixed. It doesn't matter if this moves in on time. It doesn't matter if these things fall into place. God's peace is already in implemented it's installed like a google plugin to your life and so whenever it happens it's like all right i want to do the best that i can and let god do the rest that's been my thing in this season god's been telling me two things chill out brother dominic right chill out three things chill out be patient right chill out be patient and you be diligent and i'll take care of the rest And that's been what I've been telling a lot of people lately. It's like, I've done what I can do. The other pieces will move into place as God moves them into place. There's nothing. I just is outside of the scope of my abilities. God's got it now. If it works out, it works out. If it doesn't, it doesn't. But it's not me anymore. It's God. And I know that had to have that happen to me fairly recently. But when's the last time that that happened for you? Where something came up and it was in your face and you're like, you know what? God's just going to have to take care of it. I want to put my hand on it and say, God, you fix this lectern in Jesus name. Amen. And go on about your business. That's hard to do. That peace that passes. All understanding. And so those are really the three main takeaways that I think I had for us today. Um, well, well, there's a fourth one. Number four. Um, God is showing you things in his word so that when they come to pass, you know that they're true. God shows you things in his word so that when they come to pass, you know that it is true. I know that it is true. Do you know that what God says in his word is true? And I say this all the time and I'm going to keep saying it. But the reason why I can't walk away is because I have already tasted and seen that God is good. I have already seen him do his Jehovah Jireh thing. I've seen him be his Jehovah Nisi and going forth and being a banner for us. I've seen him do his Jehovah Shalom stuff where he gives the peace. I've seen him do the Jehovah Rapha stuff where, he, where he's healing. I've, I've seen him do the Jehovah Mekadish stuff where he is our recompense and he's taking care of the battles for us. He's fighting those battles for us. I've already seen him do a lot of things in my short 15 years of being a Christian. I've seen God stand true on his promises to me and to us over and over and over again. So for me to walk away either means that I was not holding fast to what God was saying um, or I'm in denial. And even I'll say this last thing and then we'll go. And one of the last things I heard, I was listening to as I was listening to the book today, he said this. You want to create the space. You want to create the space where God is at the forefront of what's going on, to paraphrase, where God is at the forefront of what's going on so that when it comes time for you to stand before him and make the decision to follow him and whatever's going on or not, there will be no excuses but that you just did not want to. Where he puts, you put God in the forefront, God is showing you what's going on and how things are going on. So when it comes time for you to follow him, you can't say, well, oh, this happened or this happened. It's like, no, no, no. 
you will get to a place where you'll have, if you walk away, you will do so with the mindset that I am leaving because I want to, not because God isn't good or because God isn't faithful. Standing on those things. So that challenge this week from, from, the, from our study is to just make sure that your mind is stayed on Christ and that you're, you're listening to his instructions and the instructions of the Holy Spirit. As God guides you in his word, the Holy Spirit guides you in your spirit. And it helps foster that environment that can walk in the light as God is in the light. Does that make sense? Does it? Where we work and seek to become more like God because we have a great instruction manual on how to do just that. Let's pray.